That's when I thought it wouldn't get no sicker. Woke up one morning and heard this weird-ass motherfucker talking out the side of his neck. Me and all my peoples, we always thought he was straight. Influential motherfucker when it came to the business. But now, since we know how you really feel, it's how we feel. Fuck down, Trump. Fuck down, Trump. Yeah, nigga, fuck Donald Trump. Yeah, yeah, fuck Donald Trump. Yeah, fuck Donald Trump. Yeah, fuck Donald Trump. Yeah, nigga, fuck Donald Trump. Yeah, yeah, fuck Donald Trump. Yeah. I like white folks, but I don't like you. All the niggas in the hood wanna fight you. Surprise the nation of Islam ain't tried to find you. Have a rally out, and let you know, sir. Home of the ride, the king ride, we don't give a fuck. Black students, ejected from your rallies. Well, I'm ready to go right now. Welcome to the Savage Beast Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Joe Gallagher, and with me, as always, uh, your co host, Paul McLeod. Fuck Donald Trump. Fuck him. In the toupee. <laughs> right in the toupee. <laughs> Um, <laughs> that was YG, uh, who just released a new album that's, uh, that is on called, uh, still brazy. And, um, I think we can all, I think we can all find something in our lives that helps us relate to that song. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, I think it's a bit of a metaphor, a metaphorical song. <laughs> um, but the, the message, uh, beneath the, um, rather abstract imagery is quite powerful. had you heard that song before joe uh i actually knew that that song existed but i had not listened to it so i'm delighted (laughs) to have had that experience now Uh, it was better than i thought Uh, yeah Um, yeah oh go ahead no i was just saying i mean any song with that chorus would be amusing but this song was also good yeah it's uh it's about the whole album is uh classic g-funk sound uh updated for modern times which is the sound we uh we have always enjoyed so yes um uh, i do have um i do have one question for you joe okay um, as we get warmed up here all right Warm have you up. been watching the uh the euros uh soccer tournament this year this summer the past couple of weeks i have watched uh, on and off uh kept abreast of the happenings more than i've been able to watch the actual matches okay well uh, relating it to music, which is uh, the purpose of this podcast. Yes. Um, has any great song, Joe, suffered a more horrible fate than Seven Nation Army by the White Stripes? Ooh. The way it's been uh, not only adopted as a stadium chant, um, and not just not just adopted, but um, mutilated in that people haven't even kept the whole... Uh, the, the whole riff intact, in but just the one, uh, the one uh, take on it, the one variation on the theme. Um, not just that, but also the fact that they have then uh, Euroized it by uh, turning it into a really, really shitty techno song. And then, uh, you know, I've now heard it approximately 10,000 times in that version, thanks to um, not only soccer, but also the Miami Heat, who, um, well, they, haven't tech- they don't use the techno version, but they turn it into a sports stadium chant as well. So anyway, first of all, do you agree that it's terrible? And second, can you think of any, any worse bastardization of a good song? Well, it is terrible. I mean, it's sad. I would, I would classify it as sad. Um, that uh, such a great song um, is t- 
to be used and abused that way. Um, uh, let me go. For, I, I have I have a, a hot take on it, but I'll let me think if I can think of another song first. Um, okay. I would say that a lot of the songs that are used to, um, it's kind of instructive because there's a lot of songs used uh, when I was growing up, like for like momentum at certain mm-hmm. key points in the game. Well, like hit the road, Jack. Yeah. You know, someone gets tossed out of a game. And yeah. it's like, that's a great song. And now it's just like made to relate to one particular moment. And it mm-hmm. hasn't been bastardized in the same way, but I think there's a lot of. Yeah, you know, it's one thing to be taken out of context. Right. It's another to be uh, rendered into the world's shittiest dance we, song. We are the champions. Is probably a song that, like, yes. its meaning has been so warped by its use, uh, its use for its literal chorus, mm-hmm. um, that uh, it's it's impossible to listen to the song. Exactly. Um, quite as attended. Yeah. And then uh, what's the other Queen song that gets used in stadiums all the time? Another uh, One Bites uh, Dust. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I would say that here's my... Well, of course, none of those songs have been quite so destroyed as, mm-hmm. you know, it's not like people aren't chanting the riff off key. Exactly. Um, <laughs> but with any of these songs, you know, you think about you just have to say maybe there's a limit to how how good they were in the first place well that's true yeah for sure. it's like it's in a way it's like man seven nation army was an awesome song but you know it wasn't like just such a like crucial piece of art that it should never have been you know uh, i agree with that yeah. but it was a kick-ass rock song it was that- uh, you, I can't listen to anymore probably without yeah. just thinking about about Ukrainians um, jumping up and down after a goal. Yeah, the riff is too good. I mean, I, I <laughs> back in the couple of years where I could play guitar, that was like one of the three things I could play was the riff <laughs> from that song. Well, you can probably still play drums as well as Meg White does, so that's, that's true. Cool. So not at all anymore. <laughs> um, oh, burn. burn. Um, Poor Meg. Um, yeah. They, uh, but um, I I feel like that, that that I feel like that phenomenon will only get worse. I feel like that future popular songs will be <laughs> just instantly destroyed. Like it took years for that to happen to Seven Nation Army. And now I think that it's going to happen like within days of the song becoming popular. Yeah, well, and especially now that that's one of the only ways that an artist can actually make money off of recorded True. music. Uh, there's no, there's nothing to, the, they're all eager to sell out in that way, and I don't blame them. Um, you know, indie bands are more than happy to put their songs in a commercial nowadays. Well, it's actually kind of interesting, like, what, I mean, does Jack White make any money whatsoever from, I mean, obviously not from people chanting his riff that he wrote, I bet he gets some sort of royalty when they officially play it over the PA. Yes, but I, right. But so, I don't know, you know for sure that works. But um, uh, I'm sure it, it hasn't hurt his. Uh, yeah, he he's doing okay. Reputation. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I got into I got into an argument actually this this week about whether the White Stripes like about how popular they were. Like I was saying that I think that they were not. I think they weren't as popular as they seem to be. Like, I think they were 
I don't think I think they were extremely popular with people like us who liked who like yeah. grew up in the '90s, and they're like, yes, another great new rock band. But I'm not sure how insanely popular they were with people who maybe were born in the '90s, um, right? Late '80s and '90s, maybe just as much. But I don't know. I have this feeling that they, their reach is not quite as great as even like Coldplay. Oh, not um, even close. And certainly not bands like, you know, Weezer. <laughs> no, I agree. I think they um, they were the cool kid band or one of the cool kid bands that got well known enough that most people know who they are. And Jack White has attained a sort of um, tabloid celebrity status um, to some extent. Right. But yeah, it's not like um, uh, most people probably that riff is the only thing they could uh, name off the top of their they could you know recite off the top of their head from the white stripes so um i wonder what the yeah. second most popular white stripes song is uh there's probably something on a soundtrack like let's check on uh, let's see what spotify says seven nation army is so clearly their most popular song. <laughs> oh but you know their second most popular song is uh we're going to be friends oh uh, yeah uh, which i feel like was on a soundtrack or something i think so i think it may have been on like the napoleon dynamite soundtrack um, I think it. I think it was. Yeah, perhaps. among others, uh, it was on the soundtrack at our friend Ted's wedding. Oh, uh, which I missed. Oh, right. Yeah, I had a baby. Oh, babies. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess that's an okay reason. Um, <laughs> then you had more. Like you didn't have to. You, you know, you had more babies. So like you, yeah. you know, you could have just seen them. <laughs> I forget. Ted's might have been the first one. Yeah, I think uh, yeah, Ted's exactly. was the first baby. You had two yeah. more coming. You could just skip yeah. the first one. I mean, you know, you have a chance to well, catch the show again. Then I missed uh, a Savage Beast friend of the pod Taylor's wedding for my second child. Mm. So, yeah. God. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Um, <laughs> shall we launch into our actual podcast subject today? Jill? We should. So let me explain. It to, I'm going to explain the concept uh, which you came up with. Uh, yeah what this podcast is titled uh playlist bonsai um, yes or playlist bonsai yes that would be the the, the really nice pronunciation right there pray yeah. restu bonsai nice um uh we should see if one of our friends can change it into kanji for us or i guess oh, those, I, I guess those would be romanji no kanji would be the or no uh sorry not um katakana would be the okay uh, the, the alphabet yeah, used for that i actually used to know katakana so i did for a semester in college in which i knew it at, <laughs> at an extremely average uh level <laughs> and then realized i had more to do in college than learn japanese yeah uh, i thought about minoring in japanese but then i started to learn japanese and after a year and a half i was like eh, i'm not gonna learn ten thousand word characters it's <laughs> not really what i want to use my brain for in the limited time i have on this planet um so playlist bonsai which you um came up with the idea that we should create um four song uh miniature playlists uh mm-hmm. fully formed for each other um uh you know perhaps based around a theme but not um, there were no rules, basically. Like, however you want to interpret the challenge of creating uh, an excellent four-song playlist um, that would, uh, uh, and I added, that would, you know, maybe impress or yeah. uh, greatly interest the other person. Um, that's That was what we did. And um, 
how, how did you, once you put it forward, how did you find the playlist bonsai challenge? Yeah. So I was, um, I was, uh, inspired just by going back through our, um, old episodes and, uh, I really liked the way the meaningful music one turned out yes. and, that one by accident, I think we sort of ended up with a version of this concept. Like we were just trying to come up with three songs we really loved, mm-hmm. but I thought uh, both yours and mine uh, happened to work well as um, playlists on their own separately and then put together. I thought they worked pretty well. So I was like, oh, well, that's a that's a neat idea. Let's just try that again. And it's a way for, it's just a, in some ways, it's just a useful um, uh, exercise to uh, get us to come up with um, some songs uh, that we would like to talk about on the podcast, so we can get back to get back to being about the music, man. We've um, we spend a lot of time on this podcast, and I don't regret it at all. But we spend a lot of ta- time talking about sort of meta issues around music, mm-hmm. and um, uh, I just it's a useful um, it's a useful thing to orient ourselves around as we just try to talk about some actual songs that we really like. Um. Anyway, oh yeah, so to answer your question yes, as I yes. my phone. <laughs> um, uh, I uh, I actually enjoyed it. I had a couple different I had a couple different ideas that I thought were viable for um, what I could produce. So it was uh, not too difficult. Um, I just sat down at my uh, uh, at my table uh, like after midnight one night and um, started listening through tracks that I thought might work and then sort of uh, smithed away at it until I had um, four songs that worked pretty well together. I listened to it the next day and I was like, all right, I'll send this to Joe. Nice. Um, and, uh, I think that I, when I approached the challenge, um, I, I had a couple ideas right off the bat and I couldn't, I, they were a little, uh, I think they would have made good playlists, but they were a little boring in terms of discussions. Like, I think I came up mm. with some ideas like, you know, Oh, I could make a killer four song playlist, but it would just be, um, you know, just kind of fun and not really yeah. cause, not really give much ground for discussion, uh, fertile ground. Um, and, um, uh, so then I kind of came up with, uh, I decided to use it as, you know, a way to, um, explore some music myself and listen to some things I hadn't listened to and just kind of, um, mm. I guess we'll get into how you know that more precisely when we get to my list, but it 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 was sort of a fun opportunity where I didn't have to. Um, it was nice to not have to make like a twelve song playlist of oh yeah along these the lines that I chose, and instead I could just be like oh here's some places that uh, some really interesting songs, some great songs um, that uh, kind of fit a theme of. Um, uh, something I'm interested in. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Good, cool. Good idea. Sweet. Um, yeah. And yeah, if this works, we'll uh, maybe do it again yeah. in the future. It'll. It's a. It's a nice just thing to come back to. So um, we are disorganized as usual, and uh, we haven't discussed this. So which one should we do first, Joe? I don't particularly have an opinion. Well, maybe we should do yours because it's a little more uh, upbeat. All right. I think uh, that's that was the one thought that occurred to me too. Okay. So. Cool. We'll get into it. All right, this is going to be some um, some dope beats for you all. 
Uh, I hope anyway. Should we tell? And, should uh, we tell them the four songs beforehand, or should you? Yeah, why don't we do that? Okay. And we'll put the links up so people can yeah. listen to them first if they want before the discussion, um, which I would encourage you to do. Yes. That'd probably be better. Yes. Um, so pause now and go listen to um, Savage Beast uh, uh, playlist bonsai number one, Paul, uh, on Spotify. Uh, find the link on our website and um, then come back. But uh, the songs are. Let me pull up the list so I get the names right and everything. Um, sorry, scrolling through my phone. Okay, we've got uh, Gazillion Ear by Doom. Uh, then we have Not Told by Rock Marciano featuring Ka and... Uh, shit, I forget the other guy's name. I'll look it up when we actually get to it. Then we have The Offbeat by Fly Am Sam, all one word, F-L-Y-A-M-S-A-M. And then uh, Bomb by Freddie Gibbs featuring Raekwon. So uh, we'll um, we'll go into uh, Gazillionaire here. Villain man, never ran with crows in his hand and won't stop rocking till he clocked on a gazillion grand. Tilling the wasteland sands, raps on backs of treasure maps, stacks to the ceiling fan. He rests on his ashes, ask him after 10 miles of his galashes, smashes, stashes. Chip on his shoulder with a slip-on holster A clip, a folder, and his grip on a boulder Bolster they supposed to know The show with his aura glow Get from out the road when he get dough It's horrible Time is money, spend way, save, invest, a fest The ten case of cave a chicken chest S, yes, y'all a double get your trickles Ooh, I love, yeah. I love some doom um, <laughs> What a great song to start a playlist out with uh, Hell yeah Yeah, um so how about, let me ask you, would you rather I talk about your playlist overall at the beginning or the end? Um, how about uh, I'll introduce it with some thoughts here, and then at the end you can, um, you can give your assessment of the whole playlist and what it did for you, if anything. Okay, yes, and I'll, I'll t- it'll be interesting to see if you're, what you say lines up with my guess of like what kind of your ideas yeah. was for the playlist. Yeah. So yeah. basically, I just thought it would be cool to have. I mean, going into it, my idea was just uh, I'll try to put together four sweet hip hop tracks, and um, you know, the uh, the idea is that it is um, a playlist that sort of works together. Uh, that's the idea for both of us, I presume. Um, that um, it's not just four great songs, but also four great songs that sort of flow in a way. So um, I, you could probably. Uh, I would enjoy a party where this soundtrack 20 minutes of the party that was going on. Maybe mm-hmm. everybody else would be standing around saying, um, where is Drake? But, um, uh, basically, um, if that, they're, that would be a good party <laughs> genre, the 20 minute party where it's like, we're having a 20 minute party from, uh, <laughs> well, for, well, 415 to 435, uh, show up, <laughs> play this playlist and get the fuck out. <laughs> do that that would be awesome <laughs> it would be good in a big apartment building where you had lots of people doing it and you just move to the next uh, apartment right afterwards well, that's called a um, that's called a golf party oh nice yeah. yes so this is a good way to uh to keep the theme going then in that mm-hmm. um i've never been cool enough to live in such a place so i wouldn't know anyway um the the way it turned out they sort of ended up being um just a lot of uh beats that just really get me going and get me hyped up um as far as the flow of it we start out pretty upbeat then we go um with the next track uh a little bit more sort of um i don't know like uh 
I don't know how to describe what the mood of that song is, but it's sort of dark and um, more uh, more dramatic. And then sort of a palate cleanser with an all-instrumental beat from Fly Am Sam, mm-hmm. which is Flying Lotus and Sam I Am. And then finally, um, one of uh, my favorite beats of all time uh, by Mad Lib uh, on the Freddie Gibbs track, which uh, uses bass in ways that blow my mind every time I listen to it. So Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, go ahead. I'm pretty much done. Well, um, uh, if so, to talk about Gazillionaire, yeah, um, let's do that. You know, Doom is, uh, I think, a very a singular rapper in terms of his um, his flow, his style. Uh, mm-hmm. He brings uh, there aren't other, it's not like there are ten other rappers like him, which. Um, you know they're not even close. You know he kind of had he he's in his own lane, um, yeah. And uh, I think this song is a perfect reflection of his idiosyncrasies, um, in that he, um, I he, I guess he almost uh, he enjoys. Um, he's a very smart rapper, but he enjoys kind of um, playing with his words in a way that you know he he dumbs it down and makes silly jokes as he's Mm -hmm. as he's you know getting across a very like interesting uh uh message uh yeah yeah well on this particular song the message is mostly that doom likes money and he works hard to earn it well yes Um. i I guess message (laughs) might be a little strong but like well uh, like he he doesn't like try and he's not he likes to be smart without trying to prove it i guess is a way i would say Ah, yeah. Um, Yeah, so I actually sat down and read all the lyrics to all these songs, Uh um, which is not something I normally really do with rap. So first of all, if you go on Genius.com and look up a Doom song, um, people uh, obviously really enjoy parsing Doom lyrics because every single line has a notation on it. And um, they're helpful because Doom's lyrics are extremely obscure sometimes. Um, His wordplay is very uh, sort of... um, just uh, off kilter and uh, elusive, you might say. And um, it's funny. It's sort of is like a compendium of one-liners a lot of times, but uh, it all adds up. Uh, the other thing is that I really it's hope, really... Hu- uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, it's really improved by actually listening to it. Um, yes. You can read it and it's sort of like, okay, that's cool. But then you hear him rap it. And this is true of most rap and I think pretty much all the raps uh, on this playlist. Um you uh the flow and this is the point of the art form really the flow is absolutely integral to uh appreciating the words what were you gonna say i was hoping that you would pick the same your same favorite lyric from this song that is uh, it is it the one about selling uh an inward joke to a skinhead no but that is that's a really (laughs) good one um i like uh monkey hustle man on fire later for the date than the than the hadron collider (laughs) and cost more (laughs) <laughs> yes that was good um oh, especially man. if you keep up with uh advanced physics news yes um <laughs> like advanced physics like gossip basically yeah <laughs> like scandals exactly <laughs> um but yeah so this song starts out with a really uh sweet doom beat which is what you heard there and in the middle um as he name checks dilla he cuts into an an incredible dilla beat 
which is based off of a sample from Giorgio Moroder, the Italian uh, sort of synth composer guy. What do you think of uh, rap tr- uh, tracks that just uh, completely change beats in the middle? I don't, I, you know, honestly, this is the only example I can think of off the top of my head, uh, though I'm sure there are plenty of well, others. A, um, uh, 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 Run the Jewels uh, does it on uh, Run the Jewels 2. Um, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm like you. <laughs> I can't think of the name of any of the songs. Um, oh, on Blockbuster Night Part 1, uh, uh, they uh, changed the beat in the middle. Um, yeah. But uh, I've, I've always enjoyed uh, that um, trope, trope technique. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's good in rap because, you know, rap obviously is typically very repetitive. Right. So um, a lot of times if you just change it up like that, it really helps give the song a sense of uh, momentum, yeah. which it definitely does here because um, it sort of slows it down when he goes that way. Yeah. And, uh, and this it's, is, it's just awesome. This is one of the rare times where I think the second beat is as good as the first. I think all, a lot of times like it's these, you know, songs tend to start off strong and then when they change beats, it's like less interesting than whatever you know, forceful entry uh, yeah. they started off with. Um, yeah. I actually like the Dilla beat better, to yeah. be honest. Um, yeah. It's so good. Um, I was a little bit disappointed when I found out it was a sample, um, just because I wanted Dilla to be that good. But mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with sampling, so yeah. that's cool. What's the, what's the um, most disappointed you've ever been to find out something was a sample? It's not so much to find out it's a sample as to find out that uh, when I find out that the whole beat is just a loop of one track where maybe they embellish the drums a little bit. That's sometimes a little disappointing. The main one for me was uh, finding out that Daft Punk's uh, Harder, Better, Faster, Stronger was like just a reggae song sped up a little bit. Oh, man, that's you just crushed me live on air. Reggae might not be the right word, but it's some island dude. That's disappointing. (laughs) I have to say my worst one was... um, uh, I love the Sleigh Bell song Ring Ring or Rill uh-huh. Rill as it was titled until they figured out it was popular. Um, and it has this <laughs> just really awesome um, kind of acoustic guitar riff. And I was like, wow, this is really great. And then some one time I was just listening to songs like, oh, this sounds like this sounds song sounds like a lot like a uh, uh, ring ring. And I was like, Oh fuck, this is the, <laughs> this is the older song that they just, they just basically played like a tape loop of to make their awesome song. And it's like, they didn't do anything to it. And it's like, yeah, the, uh, <laughs> you just heard a good song and basically, you know, yeah. did nothing to change it. I don't know. Slate Bells is a, band that i could go on a rant about in several ways um, <laughs> and this is a whole discussion we could have is um what are the ethics and creative merits of doing that yes. but I, we probably shouldn't get i've hijacked your awesome playlist let's hear the next song all right we'll go on to the next one which okay. is again uh not told by rock marciano thanks Tell. You know, the game is not to be told. 
I'm in that old black boat. You see how I be leaning like I'm on that dope. Certified grimy nigga wore that coat. Knock your ass over like poor black folk. Back up the coke like Quaker Oats. Take notes. Play the stove. Lames are disposed. Trade eight O's. Banging your clothes. Train hoes. Games to be sold, not sold. Learned life lessons, late night fighting leopards, polo down like Tyson Beckford. Flow is nice, the blows white like Robert Redford. But little homie, this is just textbook. Flesh is cooked, bust my gun like them kids in Red Hook. Keep it jumping like Russell Westbrook. It can't be better put. Yeah, yeah, keep it jumping like Russell Westbrook. <laughs> yeah, Rock Marciano is good for the uh, NBA illusions if you enjoy those. Um, so yeah, that was not told by him. Uh, we didn't get to the parts by, let me look up the other guy. Uh, hold on. Um, oh yeah. Knowledge pirate, which is a sweet rap name. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, we aren't, we all knowledge pirates these days. We should certainly aspire to be, um, knowledge pirate and then Ka anyway. Um, so, uh, there, I just, this is one song that probably is just some other song looped. And uh, I hear I didn't actually look up whether it was, but I hereby commit to not be disappointed when I find that out because well, uh, I love that beat. Obviously, I mean, I think that you uh, chose for all these songs. I think you, um, you know, some very unique beats. You know, that had sounds that you don't weren't typical. You know, you don't see mm-hmm. them uh, in. Uh, you know, it's, it's not definitely the same underground pa- rap yeah, type. It's song, not the same palette. That yeah, mainstream hip hop uh, tends to pull from again and again. I mean, that like sort of wailing '70s guitar here uh, yeah. is uh, extremely distinctive. And I'm sure, I'm sure that even if that you know they didn't modify that part a lot, obviously the uh, beats beneath it um, were are not yeah. in the original. Um, well, um, sometimes you're surprised though when you look it up and you find out like, nope, it really sure. is just the percussion from that track. There you go, but. Yeah. It does sound like he added something, and whoever did wail on the guitar like that w- was was killing it that day. Yes, um, just it it's amazing. You don't it's it's right what you say. You don't hear a lot of songs that are based around sort of like a a blues guitar solo, uh-huh. but it just kills. And uh, honestly, they could be saying anything over that beat, and I would have wanted to put it on my playlist. But um, uh, I wouldn't say that. Uh, Rock Marciano's lyrics are especially distinguished, although I do enjoy the Russell Westbrook line. But his voice just sounds cool as hell, um, no matter what he's saying. So I'm down with that. And then towards the end, uh, the last verse is by Ka, uh, who these guys are all sort of part of a scene of New York rappers. Um, And uh, Ka's lyrics actually do read pretty well just on the page um, as sort of a a hood anthem of... um, I don't know, describing or evoking the uh, the hood ethos, which, I mean, we've all heard a million times in rap, but um, in a way that is uh, a little bit striking and just, um, I don't know, it actually worked for me. Uh, it worked for me as well. Um, I can't complain. Um, what's next? Yeah, I was <laughs> I'm ready to move on. Okay. All right, so next we have The Offbeat, which is uh, another quality rap track name by Fly M. Sam. Got it. Mm-hmm. 
uh, I, I should stop saying yeah after every track. But um, <laughs> <laughs> um, you've moved on yeah. from all right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've I've been trying to diversify my game mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, anyway, so that's a uh, Flying Lotus and Sam I Am, who's a, another sort of underground producer guy from the brain feeder scene that Flying Lotus runs. Um, as far as I can tell, this is their only uh, officially released collaboration. They might have a mixtape somewhere yeah. of their instrumental beats together. But um, Flying Lotus, for anybody who doesn't know, is um, completely rad. And Sam I Am is also pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. And together they are... Uh, I don't know. It's a lot of um, a lot of rap beats. When you listen to them just as instrumentals, end up being less interesting than you would th- than you would have thought from hearing the rap versions. Like it just it turns out you need a little bit of variation on top of it. But um, that one, despite not really being pretty short and um, not having a whole lot of movements, although there is some variation, it uh, I don't know. It's just a great track with uh, a really nice spacey vibe to it. Um, and I think that's something is that's something that Sam I Am brings a lot is uh, a sort of um, uh, video game chip tune, yeah, eight uh, bit sound um, to <laughs> a lot of his beats. Um, and uh, you know, Flying Lotus uh, works very well with that when he gets a little uh, esoteric and Eastern. Um, yeah, and uh, the combination uh, is. Uh, quirky and playful, but still um, has a um, a level. It's still, like, yeah, go ahead. It has a it has a level of um, uh, gravity to it. Yes, uh, that's exactly what I was going for. Yeah, um, and I, I think again, as much as uh, you know, there's some different instrumentation in these beats. It's also interesting how you choose songs that um, are you know a, a gripping. Um, they're not just, they're not silly, uh, in any yeah. way, even though some of the sounds they, uh, you know, use, maybe if you isolated them individually, uh, might be uh, pretty out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I, uh, I also have to shout out the, uh, the bass on the song, uh, Flying Lotus, just, uh, the way he produces, um, percussion is awesome. Um, I believe it's called side chaining is the technique uh, to get super technical where um, when the kick drum hits in, it's hooked up to all the other sounds on the track to turn them down as it hits so that it gives it a little extra oomph in the mix uh, every nice. time. Yeah. And um, it, it's something he does on a lot of his rap production that uh, I, it's, it's a pretty common technique, but uh, it gets me every time. It's like, I don't know. It's like, distorted guitars from the 90s it's just a sound that i love today i learned yeah hashtag <laughs> now you can all become um shitty producers yourselves uh um, paul I, i'm already yeah. a shitty producer of this very oh. podcast <laughs> <laughs> excellent well now you can sidechain our comments um for no good <laughs> reason all right um unless you had more to say on that i'm gonna move on to uh bomb as oh, our final yes, track this, yes all right, do it. Yeah. 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 Slam. Drugs that 
got me waking up in cold sweats Sometimes I'm slightly on my rocker, but I'm on dick Got two in the baby, all my bitches do them long shit She hit my line to get that girl, I call it phone sex Robbing like my problems ain't gon' catch up to me later Bitch, I'm mobbing like OG Bobby Johnson, bitch, a potato At the table, cookie shaving and touching base with them bases Bet they try to make a play for the yeah, as soon as they taste it Do your base of black American gangsters in the corner hugger All right. You know... Oh, damn it. <laughs> what happened? I said all right. Um, anyway. <laughs> uh, that was Bomb by uh, Freddie Gibbs featuring Raekwon on the final verse. You know, um, when we first started... He's always welcome. When we first started talking about this podcast, uh, do you remember we were... we were in, Our first idea was to just have a hip-hop podcast. <laughs> I didn't remember that, but uh, uh, maybe I do slightly. You know the but, folder, uh, the, the folder on uh, my Google Drive for it is still called "Untitled Hipster Hip Hop Podcast." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, awesome. And this relates to that track particularly, or just well, you wanted to do hip hop? You're saying? I think that um, it does. It does because um, it reminded me that um, as much as we enjoy. Um, the guitar rock of our youth, um, the energy and power here in the tracks you played, uh, particularly in this one, um, mm-hmm. kind of is is what uh, still you know uh, gets me going. Um, yeah, I, I, it hits me um, in these like new ways, the way that sort of you know that guitar music used to. And uh, there's there's a reason why that was the first genre that kind of attracted me to like yeah let's let's talk about this every week. Uh, maybe also you just wanted to be rich and famous, and hip hop is obviously cooler than rock. Well, now. yes, but, true. But um, but yeah, this track um, there's it, this does really sort of epitomize what you're talking about with hip hop. The way it um, I don't know nothing makes you feel more like uh, a king than a really really dope hip-hop beat um and this uh with the combination of again sort of uh spacey out there uh melodies and harmonies and then just that utterly sick bass which if you if uh, you all did pause and uh, listen to this playlist before you uh went back to us yakking about it i hope you did so on a system with a really really nice woofer because uh, that track in particular will um, make you actually probably lose control of your bowels the way uh, Madlib uses the the deep bass on it. Savage Beast hopes that you listen to our podcast on a nice enough woofer <laughs> that you literally shit yourself uh, when we play uh, these hot tracks. Absolutely, but we will. We will not pay for the uh, the repair or replacement of your pants. No, but if you, we will send you a note of condolence if you let us also, know about like, it. Why are you wearing pants while you're listening to this podcast? <laughs> I mean, not, you're not doing it right. I'm actually shirtless, Here not pantsless. In Portland, sorry. Uh, last night was the uh, uh, giant naked bike ride. Thousands oh. and thousands of people rode through the streets. Uh, but how far did you ride? Um, so I had my uh, many of my close friends were here, and we were torn um, between whether to do it or not. And ultimately, the um, we considered uh, the logistics of renting bikes and finding the place where the bike ride starts and going on the bike ride versus the logistics of uh, sitting around eating fajitas and uh, drinking beer. And uh, the second one went out uh, ah, because we're lazy. And too cheap and lazy to drunk. be a nudist. <laughs> <laughs> but, nice. 
Um, yeah. Uh, so apart from the beat, yes. which is rad, um, there's uh, Freddie Gibbs who brings uh, an extremely tight, clipped, fast flow, mm. which um, is such a such a cool, interesting con- contrast to the Mad Lib sort of smeary, unquantized, um, uh, you know, sort of uh, stoned beat style Mm -hmm. and uh it's surprising actually how well it works like madly or freddie gibbs voice almost uh works like a click track on top of these um unquantized beats and uh uh the whole album works pretty well that way for me so go check out the uh the album pinata which was originally titled cocaine pinata (laughs) 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 which is a great a great album title beautiful (laughs) Uh, because if you didn't catch it from uh, those lyrics, uh, Freddie Gibbs likes to rap about cocaine. Um, And then Raekwon comes on and talks about his uh, half-Mexican, half-Afghani woman. That would be who Raekwon was uh, dating. Yeah, it was uh, was funny when I was looking up these lyrics on Genius. I... um, uh, you, you and I had actually talked about that lyric before because it's hilarious and, uh, not to objectify women and reduce them to their, um, ethnic backgrounds, but, um, they pointed out that what he, he's, the line is actually, uh, my, my, uh, woman half, uh, Afghani, half Mexican, I'm blessed. The point being that those are two nations where people are very devout and that's why he's blessed. Ah. Um, <laughs> which even without that wordplay, I actually kind of like it better if it's just a literal claim like he just thinks it's cool that his woman has uh, such a unique background and um you all should be jealous of him for that that is cool but that's not the reason raekwon is cool no but um, <laughs> you know. raekwon is cool for calling himself the chef for uh which i guess is a drug reference but it's just funny to imagine being like yeah i cook food <laughs> i guess it is funny because you just made me lol right there um <laughs> So can we, uh, can I just say that I, I thought that you, for, uh, you know, for this playlist overall, that you really mm-hmm. wanted to bring out, um, some of the most unique beats that you love, um, yeah. true or false? Well, I wanted, I just was picking out beats that I love okay. and their uniqueness is probably what made me love them. And then it's also true that if I'm sharing music with other people, I tend to go for things that I think both are uh completely awesome and uh weird in some way so um without being conscious of that that probably is uh how the criteria worked out for me excellent uh well it was a extremely successful playlist um thank you although i'd heard a few of the i'd heard a couple of these tracks before um maybe three of the four um because you'd played them for me uh (laughs) i think that in combination here um they were uh extremely effective um and uh yeah this would be a good soundtrack to a party a 20 minute party uh centered uh around uh the time 4:20 even either the morning or the afternoon <laughs> excellent point yeah yeah this would be a good 4:20 a.m. playlist yes. to get everybody hyped up as yes. they try to get a second wind Ibiza. <laughs> I could definitely see this being like a scene in like a Jetta Pato movie or something like 20 minute party, everybody. <laughs> oh man. Um, don't give him any ideas. He'll, he'll steal them from us. And that's fine. 
as long as um, as long as we get to be part of his comedy mafia afterwards. Um, so, uh, do you have any closing thoughts, or should we move on to Joe's playlist bonsai number one? I I have said what I had to say. Let's move on. Excellent. Um, would you like to set us up, Joe? Uh, first, I'd like to pause here because I have to piss really fast and get another beer. All right, I'll I'll uh, I'll name check one of our sponsors while you do that. Okay, great. Um, BRB. Our sponsor is Flying Fish uh, Brewery, uh, whose beer I'm about to drink. They paid us nothing um, except for the hard work they put into their excellent beer, the Farmhouse Ale, uh, which you should all go try. Uh, tonight I am drinking a Ninkasi Brewing uh, Total Domination IPA. That's a quality beer De- from a quality brewery. Delightful. Um, oh, do you have it down there? Uh, yeah, we got we get Nankasi down. Excellent. I was also drinking their uh, beer run IPA last night, which I fell in love with. Oh, I nice. Summer crush uh, on it. I uh, they had uh, I forget what it was called. It might have been Hell's Bells, mm. their uh, uh, Hellas beer mm. um, that I had a, a month or so ago, and it was delicious. Yes, their Dawn of the Red Red IPA is another winner. Mm. Let's name all yes. the beers that this excellent brewery <laughs> produces. Okay, now let's talk about my playlist bonsai, um, which I am uh, excited about and a little bit uh, um, uh, scared of because it's just uh, it's it was kind of it's kind of out there for me, um, and uh, mm. I uh, you know I, I didn't play it safe with this one. Um, no, in terms I wouldn't of, say you did at in all in terms of what I put together. Um, so, uh, why don't we play part of the first song? Do you want to, uh, give everybody a chance to go, uh, listen to it and give them the names of the songs? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, it's listed as Savage Beast Playlist Bonsai number one, Joe, and you'll be able to, uh, get it, uh, on our website, savagebeastpod.com. Um, and so the, the four songs I chose are, uh, Cat Powers, uh, Nude as the News, Eleventh uh, Dream Days, uh, Awake I Lie, uh, The Dream Syndicates, uh, Tell Me When It's Over, and then Beat Happenings, Godsend. Uh, Excellent. Uh, so, so do you want to go straight into it yeah, now? Yeah, let's, let's listen to, to Cat Powers' song. All right, here we go.
first off, sorry if that brought you down. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> very different atmosphere than uh, uh, Paul's playlist, for sure. Um, Nothing wrong with that, Joe. No. Uh, not at all. No. Um, so I, I just, I, for this playlist, um, I have I have kind of an obsession um, where I am extremely interested in, you know, the when it comes to like the alternative music that was popular in the nineties and the indie rock that's popular in the two thousands. Um, I want to know where that music came from and, Mm -hmm. um, how, how it evolved. Um, you know, because there's, there are many myths about how a lot of bands kind of sprung forth fully formed, um, for these eras. And I like to hear about, you know, what was going on in kind of the indie background in the nineties, what was going on in the eighties that like, you know, inspired the Pixies and other alternative bands, their sounds, you know, what was kind of the alternative to, um, you know, punk and, uh, mainstream rock, uh, that, you know, still to this day isn't necessarily recognized because, uh, you know, I think, only now people are able to kind of accept that, you know, indie and alternative aren't these uh, polar opposites that, you know, were, you know, there, there was no crossover between them or, you know, there wasn't, uh, you know, that just, they, they were having the same time, but, you know, they were like mortal enemies or something like that. Um, but at that conflict even is at the heart of this. I, I'm just interested in less popular um, and older alternative and indie music and that's kind of where i went with this like sort of a sampler of maybe some you know rock uh, alternative rock um that you hadn't heard before yeah so that's interesting that you say that though because i definitely see that with the other three tracks but this one is uh uh a little bit later than those other Mm -hmm. ones um yeah so yeah yeah and i think that was how does cat power fit into that well i think that this song um i I just it's a great song and i kind of like realized a little later that it was um you know from later in the 90s and i said you know okay well but this is sort of um uh this playlist has two songs from the 80s in the middle and then two songs from the 90s you know as a first and the last song and mm-hmm. um, I, I just thought this was a nice kind of, you know, stepping stone on the way back um, oh, into okay. two songs in the, from the 80s and then one song from the early 90s that was um, way out there. Um, so this is sort of, you know, the, the entry point. Um, yeah. And it is a great song. It's funny. I, um, uh, I really like Cat Power and I have her four most recent studio albums of original songs. Mm-hmm. And I had never listened to this song, uh, which came from like the album before that run. So, so this song, yeah. uh, a lot of the lyrics to this song are are addressed to Jackson and Jesse, um, to uh, who are um, uh, the children of Patti Smith, and she is uh, telling them um, about uh, the abortion that she had, and she's yeah. basically like saying, "Hey." <laughs> come meet the child i aborted yeah uh, which is um do you did you uncover anything about why she would be addressing patty smith's children just, that was not clear to I me i think it's one of her heroes and i actually didn't look up yeah i didn't go beyond like why she chose her but i i, I want to say that maybe um you know my interpretation is that she is talking to another rock star's children um because that rock star did not abort those mm. children 
and she's kind of addressing that that difference her her choice um to uh you know uh not have a kid whereas patty smith uh uh did yeah Um, and she's kind of like you know thinking about the choice in in that way um yeah purely serendipitous coincidence here is that like uh, a few weeks ago i read uh where was it it was in like the london review of books or something a lengthy essay by a dude reviewing patty smith's like two books written recently by patty smith Mm -hmm. and he was talking about how he's basically evincing disappointment that she turned out to have a totally normal bougie life uh as a stay-at-home mom with kids basically who like the interesting thing she does now is she flies around the globe to visit gravestones of rock stars um but uh it is you know she started out as like this sort of counterculture figure and then sort of uh, married uh, another musician and lives in the suburbs now. You know people um, fucking love those books, right? Like, just uh, do they? I actually didn't know that obsession with those books. Well, this reviewer did not really like them, yeah. so that was interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that is not the popular view of her. Like, and her really fucking good writing. They just like it's supposed to be some of the best rock memoirs of all time. Have you read these books? Um, I've read. Uh, uh, part of just kids which was her first book and i think it was either nominated or won a national book award uh it's really fucking good yeah that was what interesting that's one of the reviewers points is that oh now she's just accepted by the establishment and gets all their awards and everything it was basically uh the classic punk creed decor like oh she sold out yeah um how dare so, she not know. live in a box at 50 <laughs> Yeah, I think one thing we'll get into here uh, with this playlist is the uh, that exact sort of um, uh, argument uh, within the rock, uh, the the post punk rock scene from from the eighties to now. Um, yeah, I think so, um, and and I could definitely have a whole podcast about that, and and maybe will. Um, but this song is uh, an extremely powerful song. Um, I, I think she gets her point across in a way that is um, gripping and uh, kind of, uh, it's almost like a little bit addicting to listen to it. I mean, it, she just mm-hmm. starts, um, you know, it's got a, that slow build that I like and um you know, at the end, she's kind of just, you know, singing he's nude as the news over and over again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a really powerful song. And now I have, it led me to an, an interesting observation about cat power. Um, yeah. that I, I'm wondering, it's, it, I'm wondering whether you will find it controversial or not. Okay. Um, Everything about cat power is controversial. That's so. true. <laughs> um, this song made me kind of realize that I wonder if she is where, this is where, like, you know, Joanna Newsom learned how to sing the way that she does. Ah. I don't know if it's... I, I'm it, not saying she, it, like, it, is... I'm not saying they're the same, but I'm saying... I feel like Joanna Newsom was listening to Cat Power when she's developing her sound. That is totally, that's certainly possible. They definitely do that sort of uh, emotive voice cracking mm-hmm. thing, um, which I love in both of them. It works sort of differently for me in a way. I, I'd have to think about how I would describe, distinguish between them. But um, 
that is one of my favorite things about Cat Power is the way she does that with her voice, yeah. which you just started to hear her do towards the end of that sample we played. Right. And it, maybe it's where, you know, kind of Joanna Newsom learned that and then she kind of she improved upon it and, and built something um, additional on it. But I, yeah. I just couldn't help. And I just feel like there, there must be a little bit of it, uh, a little bit of a direct connection between the two. Could well be. Yeah. One thing I want to do here. Um, so first of all, I agree absolutely that the song is amazingly good. Um, I really uh, love that sort of just uh, dark, undistorted electrical guitar mm-hmm. driving thing, um, which is not that this is the only song that does it, but it's really good here. Um, but I want to push back a little bit on the idea that she gets her point across just because, while I think the lyrics are cool and evocative, mm-hmm. I think you could have... A uh, hundred um, informed indie music fans do a close reading of these lyrics, and maybe two of them would figure out that it was about an abortion. Um, other than the "there's a sun in me" line, it's it's interesting to me. I'm not saying this is a problem at all, hmm. but this is a thing that that I think a lot of sort of latter day lyrics tend to do, um, which I'm just using this as an excuse to point out, which is. Uh, the the poetry and the lyrics may evoke a specific experience for the singer uh-huh. but i think for the audience it's more just it evokes sensations and moods at most like there's mm. not a specific referent um i certainly had no idea it was about an abortion until i looked it up on wikipedia um, that's funny like yeah I, that's funny the first time i listened to this song like all the way through i was like that's about abortion um I did not really. Yeah, I just I thought that it was like maybe I'm totally wrong. I thought that Dax, <laughs> Jackson and Jesse were the names of like the two like you know guys who had got her pregnant. Um, and she I was, was like, like, why is she singing about Jesse Jackson? Yeah, I thought, I thought she was singing to them about like, oh yeah, you both got me pregnant, and like, but like, and um, uh, I, I thought that was her. Um, I thought that was the uh, story, but um, yeah, no, I, I, I. Well, we actually may have been like the second or third time we listened to it. I was like, oh, this is pretty fucking dark. Well, I knew it was dark. I just didn't, the specific <laughs> situation of the abortion. Go. Well, maybe I'm just well, a I just poor guessed, reader of the lyrics. Maybe I just guessed right. <laughs> like, why is this dark? Like, probably only like four or five reasons it would be dark, you know? Like, I, 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 I guess correctly. Uh, that's funny. Um, all right, so... Uh, let's, um, listen to the next song, um, which is, uh, Awake I Lie by 11th Dream Day.
I first heard about Levin's Dream Day because they were referenced uh, in a book called Everybody Loves Our Town, uh, which is a uh, an oral history about uh, Seattle grunge. Um, mm. It's a bit. It's a really interesting book. Uh, if you love '90s music, it's kind of dis- it's kind of disorganized, and um, but it has some problems. A book about grunge should not be organized right. well. That would be a mistake. Yes, but if you're trying to follow the yeah, well, anyway, it's a really it's an interesting read. It's at times frustrating if you're trying to get the narrative uh, uh. of what happened. Um, but uh, they reference this band. Um, which is, uh, they are a band from, they are on Chicago. Yeah. From Chicago, alternative rock band from Chicago formed in the late eighties. Um, and I, you know, I just added them, you know, I don't have a, a, anything particularly deep to say about this track, but I think it's fascinating. Um, you know, later in the track, there's, you know, kind of a, a, uh, a breakdown where they get, it gets very quiet and they build back up to a very, uh, loud forceful crescendo and just to hear the hallmarks of alternative rock um in the 80s even this you know kind of uh proto version um mm-hmm. was to me uh you know pretty interesting uh, interesting that happened in chicago um and interesting that it uh had um you know even though it has some of that uh, this new wave uh, the, you know, it, it has some of the hallmarks of 80s indie rock. Um, it also mm-hmm. has, you know, these um, little indicators of what would become, you know, alternative rock uh, in the night. What we consider alternative rock from the 90s. Um, yeah, the sound is a lot meatier than those 80s bands um, and more in line with the 90s stuff. Yes, um, yes. Distortion is here used as a weapon uh, <laughs> in that... Uh, is that's our that's our new t-shirt slogan yes by the way. distortion is here used as a weapon yes um and uh yeah i i i um i almost like this song i almost don't want to love it as much as i kind of end up doing by the end of it i'm like this is a little silly and by the end i'm like yes i'm into this really every time i listen to it yeah yeah. Had you heard the song? Do you recall? Because I, I think I introduced you to this song, but I'm what? not sure whether you had heard it first or not. Interesting. I don't know. I uh, I first heard it. I was actually in a record store here in Tucson, and it was playing on the PA nice. there. And uh, I was like, what is this? This is, this is pretty fucking cool. Um, so this was before I had, uh, you know, uh, what's the, the, the music identifying app on my phone? Spotify. Not Spotify, the one that you identified. Shazam, Shazam. Shazam. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was before I had that on my phone, so I did the thing where I just tried to l- pick out a few lyrical lines that would be unique so I could Google them with quotes around right. them. Right. And, um, uh, yeah, so then I listened to it after the fact, and I was like, wow, this song actually is good. Because sometimes you hear something in public like that, and then it turns out, eh, right. not so much. And I think I sent it to you on IM after that, but maybe you already knew the song. That's I possible. Um, I, I would it's very possible that you also sent it to me. Um, I, I, I can't, I don't know why I found it. Um, other than that, that it made, that this band was referenced in that book and you may have also sent it to me. Who knows how it felt, it found its way onto a, a, a old school grunge playlist that I have on Spotify. (laughs) Um, but, but there it was. Yeah. Um, anyway, it's a great song. Um, 
Yeah, I love the. Uh, it's just got so much momentum to it, mm. and then on top of that, these sort of like. Um, uh, how would you describe the lyrics? It's like Salvador Dali lyrics or something. Yeah, uh, um, they're they're uh, earnestly um, existential and angstful. Like they yeah. don't apologize for the angst at all. They remind me actually of the <laughs> of the uh, indie band uh, Ought um, that ah. currently plays. Uh, there's there's something to uh, there's a David Byrne quality to the lead singers. Um, your obsessive need to confess his weird emotions. <laughs> uh, yeah, the lead singer's delivery is definitely the most '80s thing about this track. Yes. That's what sort of marries it the the past and the future at the time. Totally, totally. Um, it would be funny though if this track, like, if we pa- this was like this, you know, we passed it back and forth, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and not to. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, not just the track, but the whole album is really good. So people should check that out. I don't know if you have. Yeah, no, I have. Uh, I I like it. Um, Beat, as in the the root vegetable, is the name of the album. Um, Okay, so uh, let's listen to the next song, uh, which is called Tell Me When It's Over by The Dream Syndicate. song uh by the dream syndicate um i actually first heard it uh, i was playing in a uh uh uh, a a vegan dive bar here in portland um and uh i I, like got up from my seat to shazam it because i was like i needed to know what this song was (laughs) um i like went over to the speaker um and everybody important looked at you like oh don't you already know Probably. That's probably true. Um, so it's from their album, The Days of Wine and Roses, uh, which came out in 1982. Um, yeah, we're going early here. We are. Um, and so this band was um, part of a movement called the Paisley Underground, um, which <laughs> I did not discover until I discovered this, but it's an extremely early um, uh, sort of alternative rock movement where it's sort of merging these ideas of punk and like pop rock um uh with some you know folk 
uh, and uh, garage and all, all these different styles that evolved in the 60s and 70s um, kind of coming together in a, a, this like trippier um, form um, in the early 80s. Um, and, and, and some of the other bands that are part of the quote unquote Paisley Underground aren't, aren't quite aren't quite as good um, ah. as this. Um, but, you know, when I was listening to this, I was like, wow, this, I, I don't know. Now it, it seems silly to say so, but I was like, is this like a, some sort of, you know, 90, like early nineties indie rock band that I'd missed? Like if, yeah. you know, if these guys have been contemporaries of built to spill or, um, you know, modest mouse, I wouldn't have been entirely surprised or just like a couple years before them. Um, so I think this really, uh, you know, it, it scratched an itch for me of, you know, trying to find like, who are the predecessors of all the bands that I like, um, and who, who were playing, who was playing that music first and who kind of came across some of the ideas that are in, um, those bands that, you know, in, in, uh, grunge and alternative rock. Yeah, this is definitely you can see the through line from this to stuff that was happening ten years later. Yeah, for sure. And there's, I mean, you know, I think there's a few obvious, uh, um, you know, other bands that that kind of play that role. Uh, I think um, Television is one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, Have you ever heard of Pylon? Yes, yes. Well, I can't yeah. say I know too much about them, but. Um, um, you know, it's just it's just interesting to get into that and finding um, the uh, alternative music that existed before people cared about alternative music. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this track, uh, the lyrics are really funny. I definitely have to give it that. Um, <laughs> it's about just not wanting to listen to somebody who's boring at a party, yep. um, which uh, anybody listening to this podcast knows that feeling. That's a genre. That's um, but, a genre of songs, like boring people at a party <laughs> songs. Well, this one does it well. Um, I don't know. It sort of grew on me. The first couple of times, I was like, "Well, this is just sort of a catchy jam that sort of shuffles along for three minutes and then it's over." But I dig it. It's cool. Yeah. Um, and especially, I appreciated it more once I actually read the lyrics and and sort of realized what it was about. There's something about I don't know. It's just sort of like the ultimate slacker lyrical theme for an alternative rock song like yeah shut up i don't care that's really interesting i I like that you said slacker that's sort of a um that's a great way to describe it that i i don't think i'd i'd necessarily latched on to that term but that's that's maybe uh, one of the key thematic elements to it that makes Mm -hmm. me feel like it's a little more modern than it actually is yeah, no, like, like you said, it, it anticipates some stuff that uh, became more of a thing later. Mm. Um, did you listen to the rest of this album? I haven't. Yeah, I've listened to it. I think this song has a um, a little poppier quality than the rest of it. Um, there are definitely moments on it that were uh, interesting or fun, but I, this song um, is the standout track, um, even though it's sort of a... Um, I guess if you were into the Paisley Underground in the <laughs> '80s, this was the album, "The Days of Wine and Roses." Um, you were you were into this album. 
Yeah, definitely this particular track seems to have a pretty good internet presence, even these 33 years later. So yeah, uh, it seems to have been a, an underground hit at the time. Yeah. Um, I feel like it's probably, it was probably pretty good live at that time. You know, if you saw a span in the eighties, like in a club in San Francisco, you're like, yes, this yeah. is fucking awesome. I can imagine that for sure. Cool. Yeah. Let's listen to the last song. All right. Uh, you want to introduce it? Yes. This is uh godsend by beat happening. start out by saying that i think uh beat happening is the most underrated uh indie rock band of all time um really i, I think that their uh albums um uh through this one which is sort of the last one from their original uh formation uh, original era if you will are um just you know brilliant um works of actual lo-fi uh guitar rock um not lo-fi as in like like we can't be bothered to put this together as in lo-fi as in like we we have no interest in in you know producing anything beyond um the bare necessities of this idea we have for a song um <laughs> and uh you know uh, this album, you you turn me on, um, is kind of the uh, where they kind of shed a little bit of their uh, deliberate, um, I don't know, malfeasance in terms of production, <laughs> and instead embraced the sound that they had developed to create these uh, very um, delicate, but um uh still unembellished layers of music um mm. and i think this song that the, it kind of what well, you heard there it, it goes on for 9 minutes uh it does. building slowly um it's it's uh, you know it might be a bit of a stoner jam um it it maybe it needs to be uh, seven minutes or something like that, but it's not, it's nine minutes long. And I, I kind of, I, I like that. I like that. They were like, listened, they were interested in listening to this idea, um, for 
longer than any other band. Um, that's kind of the uh, one of the ideas, or oh, that's kind of like that, that kind of, that's emblematic of their approach to music. Um, and, and I just yeah, I think they must have been going for sort of a a mantra like effect. Yes, because it's really just the one idea that has a few like three layers, and so they add and subtract a little bit, but it just it just does it for nine and a half minutes. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, they, they, uh, uh, you know, very, um, you know, that there's, uh, you know, listen to this whole album, you know, some of it is, uh, you know, sung by a man, sung by uh, a woman. Um, that's kind of one of their hallmarks is that, you know, they have two, uh, very distinct lead singers, Wait, 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 really? It sounded like just one person. No, no, not no. This song is just is just. um, Oh, okay. uh, uh, Heather Lewis. Heather, yes, and um, uh, some of their other songs are uh, sung by uh, Calvin Johnson. Uh, Mm. A lot of not the wide receiver for the Detroit Lions. No, their most famous song, uh, "Indian Summer," is uh, sung by him. and uh yeah i i can't really um unfortunately like i guess saying they're the most underrated band is probably because they're like strangely difficult to to listen to (laughs) Uh, but uh that's there here we are at my most pretentious um (laughs) arrived at my most pretentious uh music opinion um, and that yeah. is my uh, defense of beat happening as um, total geniuses. Well, I'm still surprised to find out that a band called Beat Happening is not like a shitty conscious rap group mm-hmm. from the early 90s, mm-hmm. like hangers on of a tribe called Questers, called Quest or something. Yes. Um, but um, uh, did you hate I, this? I didn't hate it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I, I I actually think like I like sort of the idea. I just like uh so I didn't look at the track list, uh the track links at or at all when I first played this playlist. I wanted to just be in the music, man. Um and uh so like halfway through when it gets quiet, I'm like, okay, cool. And then it goes on for exactly that length again, with the pretty much doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow, they're really just going for it, like you said. And uh, it's certainly provocative. Um, like you said, most bands would probably not do that. And um, it uh, it made me think hard about what they're trying to do with this thing. Because, like, so for everybody, if you didn't listen to the song already, like, you, you pretty much heard the elements that are in it. Um, you, you obviously wouldn't get the full effect of listening to it for nine and a half minutes. But it's uh, a few guitar figures layered on top of each other and uh, the singer singing pretty much that line or that melody um, many times over. And um, I don't know, like I said, I think it's like the kind of thing you would, the idea is that you should try to just like trance out to it and um, let it wash over you. Not even necessarily, it feels to me like you're not even supposed to necessarily be paying attention to it. It's just supposed to be there and be part of your mental activity, if that makes sense. Yes, I, I think that is exactly what's going on here, where you are supposed to kind of fall into a trance and to stop focusing entirely on the song and yeah. find something beyond it while you're listening to it. Um, which yeah. is the kind of, that's kind of why I love this band, because they go for that effect. 
like they're interested mm. in that um and uh it it is something that you know a, a lot of bands uh just most bands simply would never even attempt to yeah that sort of atmosphere and most listeners are probably not even prepared to approach music that way like i certainly wasn't um so i've actually articulated that more here than i was able to before Mm -hmm. this um so i might go back and try one of their albums it sounds to me like maybe some chemical alterations might be especially appropriate for them. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm not um, officially endorsing that, but uh, <laughs> I am going to say that you are, as usual, uh, uh, extremely correct. You could have said highly correct, Joe. Highly just correct. Been... <laughs> um, yeah, the, you, turn, uh, you Turn Me On, which is sort of their, um, you know, the, the, the last album they created. It has sort of that, uh, you know, brilliant tension of what they were able to create. Uh, is good for that. But I think when you go back and listen to their absolute classic album, 1988, uh, Jamboree, um, uh, which has uh, songs like Bewitched and Indian Summer, um, any chemical you choose to um, (laughs) take along with you on that journey, uh, you will have, um, you will both have a good time. Yeah. You, You and the chemical. Um, and I, I think just to kind of wrap up, wrap it up, um, because I feel like this podcast has been about two hours long, is that um, I one of the things that I um, came to uh, still cherish about '90s alternative music is it's um, uh, you know kind of fuck you attitude. Like this song is not. Uh, I, 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 we're writing like a a pop rock song, but we don't like give a shit whether it's, you know, deep or, uh, um, if it's silly, it's so very postmodern. If it's silly, it's silly. You know, like yeah. there, there is an element of, um, you know, uh, there, there is none of the, they wanted to play it in an arena, even if it was a, uh, you know, absolute, uh, joke of a song. You know, yeah, like that, that that idea that those two things could coexist, and I, I think a lot of that uh, exists in beat happenings music, um, where it didn't exist that early, um, almost anywhere else. Yeah, that's a that's such a postmodern approach to art. There's a, <laughs> there's nothing here, and that's we should all just enjoy that. <laughs> um, no, that's cool. So, um, <laughs> lol. If it's I'm now a- it's now expressed as a gif. Of the words lol, nothing matters, like rotating oh, exactly. in perpetuity. No, that's a parallel I had drawn in, or a connection I had drawn uh, to myself over the past couple of days, even. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's postmodernism now is expressed that way. Yep. Um, <laughs> um, but also political despair, mm-hmm. getting back to Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, um, so if I were to draw a through line through your playlist yep. real briefly, uh, it seemed to me you're sort of. Um, Besides what you described, which is sort of a, a chronological um, uh, reverse journey you turn and coming back through uh, the history of indie rock, Indian alternative, um, uh, the these songs themselves, just sort of looking at them um, out of context, uh, you sort of start a little dark, uh, or in fact quite dark, mm-hmm. and... Um, uh, 
I don't know. It's just interesting how you sort of move from a really dark place to start out with sort of shock the listener that way. And then uh, you end up sort of um, really gradually step by step coming out to something that's um, really going for a bit of uh, sublimity um, with its sort of uh, uh, almost weightless, uh, happy go lucky, you know, like, Hey, you're cool lyrics. Um, that, uh, I don't know. It's sort of an interesting little journey to take through. How long is this playlist? Like 30 minutes? I think it's 22 minutes versus your playlist. 15 minutes. Okay. 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 (laughs) (laughs) Um, that one song on the end really, uh, I always thought the 11th dream day song, for some reason, I always think of it as being like 10 minutes long in my mind, but it's only, I thought, I thought about trolling you with like four 30 minute long songs. (laughs) (laughs) That'll that'll be a different podcast. Uh, (laughs) we'll do it to each other. It'll be like the gift of the Magi or something. (laughs) Yes. Anyway, um, cool. I enjoyed your playlist, Joe. Even yeah. though I'm not sure I'm totally into that last track, I I have to I have to approach it on its own terms to see if I can get get out of it what it's trying to do to your me. Your slow conversion to a beat happening fanboy is uh, you know one of my uh, one of my long term goals with this podcast. Um, yeah, I, <laughs> I I really enjoyed your your uh, playlist. Um, I feel like it you uh, expertly called the best of the beats that you knew both of us would like and uh, threw them into a <laughs> absolutely dynamite, uh, um, well, playlist, to repeat the word. <laughs> Sweet. All right, everybody. Um, thanks for listening to our podcast once again. Um, this We are Savage Beast. You can find us uh, at Twitter uh, on Twitter at Savage Beast Pod. Uh, email savagebeastpod at gmail.com and uh, then what's that other thing? Oh, a website. Savagebeastpod.com is our website. Um, p- please uh, rate us, review us, and subscribe to us on iTunes, which helps uh, inform people via robots that we're cool. Um, and uh, tell your friends to do the same. Maybe like when they're just away from their keyboards, you could uh, hop into their iTunes and subscribe to us, and even if they never listen to us, it'll help us out. Um uh, also, my dad uh, gave us me some feedback over the phone on Father's wow. Day, so uh, we may address some of that in a future episode. Yeah, shout out to the to the Reverend McLeod. Thanks for listening. Yeah, you've inspired <laughs> me to speak my mind since I was in 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 high school. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Undoubtedly true. All right. Peace. Good night, everybody. <laughs>